Todd Jacob Cosgrove. How the devil are you? I'm good. Are you in a podcasting focus mode right now? Because if you're not, you're doing iOS 15 wrong. No, I am in a podcasting oh. focus mode. Is it called podcasting or something it is. witty? No, just podcasting. No, nothing yeah, witty. Podcast. That's fine. Good, good. I mean, I was kind of, I came in quite hot there, quite combative, hoping that you hadn't. I don't know why, but I'm glad you have. <laughs> That's good. Well, I, I've got to admit, focus mode has been uh, somewhat disappointing for me because uh, it appears that I cracked focus mode a long time before Apple. Ah. Um, because it's like, you know, uh, it, uh, to any listeners who haven't set this up, you just go in and, and you select the name for the mode and you, you select who can get through or what apps can get through. Um, and pretty much my default on all my devices is nobody can ever get through. <laughs> ah, yes, the grumpy old man setting. That's good. That's it. Yes, that's, that's what <laughs> I'm going to call it. <laughs> Just see, G-O-M, please, on all devices at all times. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's not very different from anything else. But what, what I do like <laughs> is that if I switch it on on one device, mm. then it switches on uh, the other ones. Well, the iOS yeah. other ones anyway. Uh, which is I, uh, very exciting. Mm, I, have you done the uh, bespoke homepage? Have you done the it fires off shortcut automations? Have you done any of that yet? Yeah. No, no, not done oh. any of that. Oh, there's an episode. But yeah, there's a, <laughs> there's a whole pile of that I've put on. Cause it complete, I did all this two days ago. And then at six o'clock today, because we pushed the podcast from six to 6.30, peek behind the curtain, um, 6.30 my time. And at six o'clock or ten to six, everything on my phone and my iPad changed. And I was like, what? what is what is what's that? Why is the what's the oh yeah, I did this. I told it to do this. Okay, right. I shouldn't be so baffled. This is my fault. That makes more sense now. Because all my home pages changed and all the buttons had worked off and things had changed to what they were supposed to say and it was like, oh, but oh, oh, what airplane mode? Okay. Oh, oh. So uh Julie baffled myself with uh, focus modes this morning or this afternoon. So it's good. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to getting into it. I've I'm just approaching it a bit cautiously because well, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a new iOS and things will go wrong. I mean, as we speak, I'm currently looking at my phone which is no longer connected to my network. Which oh. is a, a little bit of a concern given that I'm in the mountain hideaway and and cell signal here is well, patchy is probably kind. Um <laughs> but I don't know why it's happened, which is is also hmm. concerning. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, I've had a few hmm. iOS 15 quirks. Um, uh, I'll, I'll not go and I'll bore everybody with lots of stuff, but it was like playing around with, with widgets on the iPad and the phone, moving things around, making homepages and things like that. And then all of them just went black as if someone had pulled the plug. So oh. all the widgets were there, but they were all completely blacked out. And I was like, oh, well, that's not terribly helpful. And I have a series of black squares on my phone. Right. Hmm. Uh, so that was grand. That took a reboot and that fixed that. And then my, my shortcut, which I use every day to write my digital journal, which we'll get onto later, uh, stopped working. And I went through the shortcut, sort of debugged the shortcut line by line. It was like, oh, right. Yeah. Nothing's changed except iOS 15, but this now no longer works. Oh, cool. <laughs> have to write these notes manually now. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Can you imagine having to write them manually? Ah, <laughs> uh, we're spoiling the topic. Let's let's go back. Let's roll it back. Reverse, reverse, two. What are you writing with? 
All right, well, I'll tell you what, just for a change, I'll tell you. I am writing with a Pelican 205 Star Ruby, which, for pencil folk among you, uh, is a small Pelican pen. So it's a sort of pocket-sized job. Um, it's very pretty. The fact that it's 05 rather than 200 means that it's got a sort of silver-coloured trim rather than a gold trim. Okay, you learned something new. Um uh, it's one of the limited editions they bring out every year. So this is Star Ruby, so it's ruby coloured, surprise, surprise. Mm. And it has its own matching Star Ruby ink. It's a steel nib. Um, uh, as, as, as far as pelicans go, this is a cheap and cheerful pen. It's lovely. Um, and I'm writing in a, a new podcasting book. This is podcasting book four, very exciting, uh, which is a Leuchtturm, uh, 190 by 125 centimetres, which is... Uh, no, millimeters, Sorry. you mean? Because that's a massive yes. book. Sorry, yes, millimeters. Sorry, um, it's 190 it's, meters by 125 <laughs> meters. It is a swimming pool of a book. Exactly, it's very good for my larger nibs. No, it's um, it's <laughs> it's, it's a non-standard size. Interesting. Yeah, well, that's my tradition for for podcasting books. Is off-size notebooks become my podcasting notebooks? Mm, um, this okay. happened entirely by accident, but there you are. <laughs> it's nitrope. I like it. And <laughs> what about you? What are you writing? Plain? <gasps> plain? Plain? Good Lord. No, I, I think it's almost plain, but it's dot. Oh, it's dot. A very, very a good fine dot. dot. Yes. Mm. So, yeah. Very, well, very cheeky. I'm writing with the Blackwing 64 still. I've freshly sharpened it. I would say we are five, six sharpens away from Steinbeck, uh, which, which will last me a couple of weeks, I guess. I don't sharpen very often because I don't write enough daily to, to wear this down too much so writing on my rhodia pad which is uh, about two-thirds of the way through uh it's the rhodia what is it number 16 for those playing along at home go and look at that Nero's or in the show notes and uh, well, in fact you know what i might even be able to get the measurements for you uh what <gasps> size is this 16 is 14.8 by 21 in centimeters it's a five okay. and in inches that is 5.8 by 8.2 Three. Ah, there we are. You see that all measurements provided by TJ Cosgrove. <laughs> so that's my analog writing. And a lot of my digital writing is happening in <gasps> Obsidian. Not that anyone is shocked by this news. And I'm sure we'll get on to it later in the episode. I dare say it will come up. Well, what about watching? Have you been watching anything good? Yeah, more submarines or one submarine <laughs> anyway. Uh, we finished the most recent episode of Vigil, which is great. We watched it a little bit late because we were busy on Sunday night. Uh, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm liking it a lot. Uh, Bob's Burgers is our other one that we're watching. Sort of feel-good animated adult comedy show. I suppose it's a family uh -huh. show. It's not really R-rated or anything. So it's good. And then I haven't watched a lot of stuff, but there's a lot of stuff coming out that I'm excited to watch. So I was chatting with a friend yesterday, went for a coffee, and... There's a new Bond film coming out, and then there's oh, there the new is. June film, uh, and then yeah. there's Foundation, which is the new Apple series based on Isaac Asimov's work. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of big things, and he was saying, oh, you got to watch Killing Eve, and then once you finish Killing Eve, you've got to go and watch this, and once you finish that, you got to start this, and once that's over, you should start that. And so the two of us are big film and TV nerds, and so it ends up just being like, right, okay, thanks, but now I have 14,000 things to watch on top of the 13,000 I already had yeah i mean that's the thing it's it's it seems to be this time of year where suddenly everything gets launched 
which yeah. makes everybody talk about all the stuff they really enjoyed last year, most of which I missed. Uh, and therefore, <laughs> you're like, oh, oh, last year's stuff first, then this year's, which will become next year's, last year's. Exactly, and that it's also complicated <laughs> as well because of you know geographic limitations. Um, and you know, it's like, okay, oh look, I can watch that on my iPad. Oh look, I can share that to my TV. But the minute I do that, ah. Uh, VPNs don't work. Oh no! Oh. <laughs> You're on an island, in it don't work. Yeah, yeah, it all gets a bit complicated. So, um, uh, actually, just just this evening, because we had um, when when the grip, just slightly dramatic way of saying uh, there's a bit of wind, of uh, a Coptic storm. It's our first Coptic storm of the season, um, and so the, the wind is howling. And Mrs. Lennon went, well, "I'm not sitting out here." Um, which meant that she had to work out how the indoor TV worked. Is this and, the new one? Yeah. And uh, Mrs. L is not a fan of discoverability. That, that's not the way that she likes to approach these things. <laughs> um, so it's very much, right, how do I watch this? Okay, well, if you, give me the remote. No, you, no, I need to learn. All right. Um, I haven't retained the, the amount of buttons that you need to press to get to what you want to do, <laughs> but I can instinctively do it when I have it in my hand. It's called discoverability. Have you watched uh, Clarkson's Farm or anything like that? No? No, I haven't. <laughs> There's a brilliant little meme from that where uh, the guy sort of who helps him around the farm, he's like, he's trying to reverse the tractor into like a three point turn or something or back down a thing. And it's exactly this. He's like, well, well, tell me what to do. And he's like, well, no, I can't tell you. You just need to know how to do it. You just need to know how to drive the tractor and then you'll be able to drive the tractor. He's like, but I, I don't though. <laughs> yeah, well, we had a variation on that conversation for, first of all, how do I watch TV from the magic box? So, you know, UK TV. Uh, and then, oh, but what if I want to watch Netflix? Oh, I'll just go to this Netflix. No, don't go to that. Netflix. Oh. This Netflix doesn't work. Yeah, that's because it's not set up on the TV. You just need to go to the Apple TV. Why do I need... Oh. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> it's really, really, really simple. It's all set up differently. Nothing is consistent. And it's all always changing. As long as you remember those three tenants, all of this will make sense. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, but why, does it, why do we need so many remote controls? Well, because the function... <laughs> that allows us to use one remote control, randomly turns the TV on at any point during the day. Um, it's, I think it's probably the sound bar, which has got a Bluetooth connectivity, sort of just checks in every now and again. And the TV, in a panic, goes, oh, I'm not on, and so switches everything on. Uh, terrifying, in equal measure, the cleaning lady and the dogs. So uh, that's all being turned off, which means you now have, uh, you know, the, the sort of box standard 17 remote controls. Uh, some of which may even have batteries in the work. You never know these things. <sighs> the, the joys of getting old with technology. Um, so what have I been watching? Well, first of all, um, I, I've been very unkind, although I think this is probably quite accurate. I watched 80 minutes of film packed into 160 minutes. Mm. Um, a movie called yeah. Man on Fire. Uh, from 2004, starring Denzel Washington, uh, who's, you know, a, a great actor. I really enjoy his work. This movie, however, at times was glacial uh, until it sort of <laughs> exploded into, well, largely overstated violence. 
um, it's sort of sort of the equalizer, I guess, is the kind of theme mm. that if you remember that scene. Was it if we looked at the graph of that film, was it eighty minutes of excellence and then drop, or was it sort of like a, a heartbeat? Um, what do you call it? Sinus rhythm of like, oh, action. No, no, no. Back to quiet. No, ah, oh, no, no. Quiet again. Quiet again. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, the setup was quite promising. Um, mm. You know, sort of three or four minutes in, you knew how it was going to end. Um, <laughs> which is fine. You know, you sometimes want that in a movie. It's like a Tom Glancy book, really. Um, so I was, I was kind of thinking, yeah, all right, I could get into this. And, you know, we're going to see Denzel sort of being very cool and violent because he was, you know, ex- uh, I don't know what he was. Some sort of special forces. Um, he was ex acronym. Yeah, sort plus of acronym CIA, somewhere. plus plus everything. <laughs> so I think he was going to be, he was going to be pretty good at killing people. Well, I know it turned out he was, um, but it, it then just sort of, it just became very tropish, I suppose. And that's what. Mm. But still, it was quite a highlight because I then went to watch um, a bit more of Lucifer, which I've been sort of catching catching mm-hmm, the first mm-hmm. season of that. Uh, and I just got to the episode where uh, Lucifer, the fallen angel, uh, go and read the Bible if you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, he he discovers that his wings, which he's had detached by his pet demon, um, have been stolen from a container that he was hiding in a in a dodgy warehouse. And I, I had one of those moments when I sat there going, why on earth am I watching this? <laughs> Uh, so yes, it's it's au revoir to Lucifer. Um, I gave it a good go, uh, but no, though that's silly. I'm not watching that anymore. Uh, then I watched Ted Lasso, um, mm-hmm. which um, I don't know. You haven't been watching, so I won't do any spoilers. But this is kind of the fever dream episode. Um, okay. And the backstory to it is that um, season two was ten episodes until. Ted Lasso started winning every award on the planet and going bananas. And um, Tim Apple, um, or one of his underlings, phoned up and said, oh, oh, you couldn't make it 12, could you? Um, And so TV makers, being TV makers, went, well, are you going to pay us for it? Of course. Yes, absolutely. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll get right on that. So they made a Christmas special and a weird sort of fever dream episode. Uh, You'll know it when you get to it. That's what I'm going to say to you. I think I'm on episode two of season two, so I've probably got okay. a wee while to go. Uh, yeah, you you got a few more, and then suddenly you'll go, what the hell happened here? It, it well, had me <laughs> looking at my glass, just <laughs> checking whether I'd, you know, inadvertently drunk some absinthe or something. Oh, sorry, I just, just looked at my glass. It's not absinthe. Um <laughs> So as well as that, then Vigil, um, yeah, great. Mm-hmm. One episode to go now. <gasps> yes, we're into the, the finale. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I don't want to spoil it for anyone watching, but it is good. Like, um, I'm not a submariner, so my opinion on the matters of submarining are not very valid. But as a drama show, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's good. It's got the twists. It's got the turns. It's got, you know, crazy th- happenings on a submarine. It's good fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well worth a watch. Um, and Silent Witness, have you have you been watching that? Is that another Apple one? No, it's uh it's it's the other BBC one. It goes in the slot the day after Vigil, so it's Monday night. Mondays. No, I think I've heard of it, but don't know yeah. very much about it. This is yeah, this is a lot of seasons now, but it's um 
the lead is Amelia Fox. It, it's a really good series. I mean, there's been loads of seasons of it. Uh, it's about uh, pathologists. So it's oh, a, so like cold case? Kind of, but it's, you know, they're called in uh, to uh, do the, the post-mortem on the body and the forensic scientist comes and so you see all the wonders of forensic science and somehow or other they ultimately they become the linchpin of the entire investigation uh, and get involved in, you know, apprehending the bad guys and all sorts, which I suspect is not terribly realistic, but um, makes for a decent drama. The police... Mm are generally sort of on the sidelines looking slightly dopey. That's, that's their role. <laughs> um, yeah, it's good fun. Um, and I think, oh, yes, The Good Doctor, which is our sort of fallback at the moment with uh, uh, the, the autistic surgeon. Mm, very good. There you go. Lots of watching. Heavens. What about listening? Have you been listening to anything? Angels and Airwaves, actually, which is a band that I really like, and it kind of comes from Blink-182, which is another band that I really like. And uh, yeah, it's quite. I don't know if you've ever listened to Angels and Airwaves. Uh, doesn't ring any bells, I've got to say. You probably would like it. It's quite. How to explain it? Um, quite theatrical, sort of driving guitars and orchestral scores and big impact music. Um, ethereal, sort of um, otherworldly kind of stuff. I don't know how to describe it. It's very good. There's a lot of really good music they made, but there's a new album they have at the minute, uh, which is sort of, it's it's kind of dripping out. So there's like three, two thirds of the songs that were released. And every now and again, Apple Music goes, bing, there's new songs. And I'm like, oh, okay. They've still half a dozen grayed out. Not sure which ones you've released, but I'll just keep listening. And so the Apple Music does that annoying thing where you click a song and it goes, no, 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 that one's not available yet. You can have this one. You're like, oh. All right. I don't know what any of these are called, so it's meaningless, but okay. So that's good. But I, I do enjoy Angels and Airwaves, and they got some, some good music. So their new album's worth a listen. And that's really it. I'm listening to other bits and pieces, but nothing consistent or coherently, just kind of whatever the, the home pod throws at us. All right. Okay. Yeah. Very good. I'm doing a bit of that myself. Um, I, I listened to some Good Charlotte on your recommendation from last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I described them as a sort of grumpy busted. Which um, I thought was the best description because I showed Meg and she was like, yeah, uh, I mean, I can't fault him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, you know, as you say, there's a sort of little punky, poppy feel to it all. Um, mm. But they, yeah, they just seem a little bit upset about life. I suppose I was the same at that age. Um, <laughs> you forgot my, what it is to be angsty, Stu. You're grumpy now, yeah. but you're not angsty. It's a very yes, different indeed, kind I've, of annoyed. I've graduated from angsty to grumpy. <laughs> well done me. Um, <laughs> And then I assume on the basis of that, uh, Apple Music went, well, what you want to listen to, Stuart, is the influences of One OK Rock. Now, I wasn't sure whether One OK Rock was the name of a genre that I should know or I, I wasn't, I, I didn't have a clue. And it turns out that they're Japanese pop punks, uh, which mm. I'm sure you knew. Um I'm not sure what I would feel about Japanese pop punks because, curiously, the influences of One OK Rock did not include anything by One OK Rock. Um, <laughs> well, it's the influences of, not the work of, so that tracks. Yeah, so so I got to, to listen to, to what they think is good. So um, it seems there's quite a crossover there because there were some Linkin Park, Foo Fighters, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Nirvana, Avril Lavigne. I mean, you know, some decent sort of rocky stuff that I enjoyed. Yeah, it's good. Uh and then today, uh, just before we were recording, I was listening to Rumours by Fleetwood Mac. Uh, 
1977, probably about you know a thousand years before you were born. I'll um, not do the maths. You don't want to know. No, don't, I don't want to know. But it's a, it's a brilliant album. It's an amazing. Album. Mm, it is. Um, and yeah, the um, <laughs> shrill podcasts about Apple. I wrote um, as everybody's been talking about uh, all the various and, and sundry Apple releases. Um, getting getting terribly shrill. I think people, generally speaking, are quite pleased in the techie world, um, whereas normal consumers are going. Um, so it's it's like an iPhone 12 but different color. That, that's the general sort of <laughs> perception. I think. So it's the 13 rather than the. Tw- so you changed the last number. I see what you did there. Good job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, a thousand a thousand pounds. You say lovely. Um, <laughs> uh, and of course, yeah. Big shout out to Urban Hafner who is taking mm. over the um, uh, the Fountain Pen world. He was he was co-hosting the Pen Addict with. Uh, with Brad the Dowdy, while Mike was doing his uh, his podcastathon um, and Apple event, and just generally being busy, uh, yeah, and I think he did really well. Um, all all of that podcasting practice that he does is clearly paying off. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that was that was me listening. Lots and lots of listening. Yeah, uh, I, I just to update on the tech, which I'm sure everybody's very excited. I'm still watching my phone, constantly dropping a network. And switching to four G, which is really worrying me. Um, you know what mine. you need? You need an iPhone three more than the one you have. Yeah, almost certainly. Um, that there is something very odd going on with my network. And I don't know. I don't X, know whether it, squish it, squish them together until it becomes a one, and then add a three, uh, and then you got uh-huh. what you need. Indeed. <laughs> I may well do that, but I'm just very worried. <laughs> I, I don't like this. I'm being very nervous. Don't drop out, phone. I don't want you to drop out. Um, <laughs> because then every now and again, like now, it's now searching for the network, and I will lose you for a second <laughs> or four. Ah. But um, that's... Your audio is coming in clear as a whistle. Clear as a bell? Clear as some sort of Clear instrument. as a bell, I think, yeah. Um, right now, I'm looking at my, my phone saying, there's no internet connection on your network. Oh, okay. All right. Um, pretty pretty um, sure there is. <laughs> and and now it's now it's connected, and now it's gone back to four G again. I'm like, I don't know. Oh, what's what's going on? It's very odd. Um, my uh, my iPad appears to be very happy on the network. It, it's having no mm. problems at all. And uh, the Mac Mini also seems to be connected. I don't know what is going on with the world. Um, <laughs> reading. What have you been reading? Anything good? Mm, well, I finished uh, The Elfer Drop by R.R. Okay. Haywood, yep. which was a book that I started a while ago, and then I put it in the back seat while I finished a different book, and then I finished a different book, and then I finished a different book, and then I finally went back to it, and then I thought about a different, different book, and I didn't, and then I went back and finished this book. So I finished that, which was great. That was kind of like the the spacey one on um, big sort of colony ships in space, which was great fun. Uh, and same author, R. Haywood, uh, now reading his, I've started his big zombie series. So he has, I think there's something silly, like 30 books in this series. Um, really, really prolific. So they're all on Kindle Unlimited, or at least the ones I'm looking at are on Kindle Unlimited, which is great because it means I get them for one monthly free. Uh, this is not sponsored, but it's just, it's not, it comes out that way. Um, it means that a lot of his books I can read without having to buy a new copy, which is great. And I think the book that I'm reading is like the first seven days. So each story in this series is one day. And so the book 
I might be wrong on this, but either way, it's it's a compilation book. So it's several of the books sort of squished into one big book. Uh, and I'm reading that. So it's about 800 pages or something. And uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's great. It's good fun. I think it's earlier. So you could, uh, if it is earlier, I can tell that he's grown as a writer. If it's after he's changed as a writer, and that both are fine. But I am enjoying it. I enjoy his way of telling a story. Um, as far as I remember, it's like a present tense, which is not something that I read a lot of and not, not how I would think if I was writing. But it's very engaging and he writes very cinematically, especially the, the climax of the last book was very cinematic. I was reading it going like, I can see the scene that you're painting in my head, which is a good start. But also I can see that you've painted it in such a way that it would work beautifully on television because it's kind of there's a lot of simultaneous things in different places happening that he kind of rolls into one with clever writing. And you're like, oh, these characters are doing this while these characters are coming towards them, but doing that. And then, you know, it kind of flashes around. You can almost imagine the split screens on the big movie screen of how these things would play out. So um, very different writer than than some of the ones I've been reading recently. And I'm really enjoying the work. So a bit of zombies. Love a bit of zombies. Excellent. Well, that sounds right up your alley. Um, well, I'm writing, uh, I'm writing, uh, I'm reading exactly the same as I was uh, last week. So Elastic Habits by Stephen Guise, uh, The Cyprus Problem, What Everyone Needs to Know by James Kerr Lindsay, and Little Egypt by Leslie Glaister. Um, I'm, I may be suffering from reading too much at once here, and I'm sort of reading a couple of pages there and a couple of pages and a what? couple of pages, and, you, you've, and then it's bedtime. You've basically got half the Dewey Decimal System in your current rotation. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's... it's a multi potentialite. What can I say? I've got all these things that I want to to know about. So, FOMO. Um, yeah, I think I, I may just need to focus on one and finish it. Uh, I think I'm also going to be adding to the rotation. Why my iPhone keeps dropping off the network? That's that's going to be my next book. Um, by by Grumpy Stu Lennon. That's the, yeah. the author of that particular yeah. novel. I don't know whether turning the turning the uh, indoor TV and my iPad Pro on for the first time in ages. Has, has just gone, oh, there's, there's far too many things connecting to the IP addresses. I'm just going to fall over. But I, I, don't, I don't know whether that's the case or what. I've no idea. Um, there's a very important thing in the tech world, and it's it's kind of the, the core tenet of, of tech support. And it's the, uh, the hard reset, the turn it off, turn it on again. Uh, Believe the, me, the when core... Gerald comes on, that will be happening. <laughs> the core keystone of any support network have you tried turning it off and on again? <laughs> yeah, but obviously, I mean, I, I appreciate you wouldn't know this being being a youth. Um, you also have to shout at it a bit first. Um, oh, no, no. Yeah, that, that's multi-generational. Yeah, it's a, it's a catharsis this? of screaming. <laughs> a catharsis of screaming. Write that down. That'd make a great uh, title for your next novel. <laughs> yeah, the first four chapters are just, ah! <laughs> I think it would sell, particularly in these times. Um, what about drinking? What are you drinking, TJ? Well, it gets into buying, but I have a coffee machine that Meg, I think has used maybe four times. Meg doesn't really drink an awful lot of coffee. Uh, she doesn't like espresso. She doesn't like uh, pod coffee. She doesn't really like anything that tastes significantly like coffee. So we have a, a Nescafe machine that I would use. And... She would, every now and again, if I make up a coffee with plenty of milk and maybe a little bit of syrup, she'll she'll have that, but largely won't bother. And so we we're looking at various things, and I was like, "Meg, would you like a 
a coffee machine that would do drinks that you'd like? It's like, well, well, no, I don't know. I don't need that. No, 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 don't worry. It's like, well, you know, you, every now and again, you take the notion you'd like a wee macchiato or, and I, I, I say macchiato in the sense of a Starbucks drink rather than the actual Italian coffee, which bears absolutely no resemblance to what a macchiato in Starbucks looks like. Um, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's hot chocolates, there's nice flavored lattes and things like that that she would drink that you can get pods for if you have different machines. So I was like, right, let me, yep. let me have a look. So I went off and, and Meg's family have the Dolce Gusto machines, okay. which is a slightly larger pod, but by and large, they all do the same thing, right? It's just a pod and it goes in the machine. Uh, but they have different brands. And this one does a lot of Starbucks flavored lattes and it does like Nesquik hot chocolate and Asda make their own hot chocolate. There's a lot of different things you can get for it. And so I went, look, let me have a look and see what there is. I went, had a wee, wee quick Amazon look and had, see what was there. And found a Dolce Gusto machine, I think for £35 delivered. It's like, right. Oh, well. We'll give it a go, you know. We'll, 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 we'll be a little bougie. We'll be a little spendy. We'll, we'll treat ourselves. Let's get this and see what it's like. Me building the coffee station in the kitchen, you know, that's, that's kind of the goal here. But get this, see what it's like. So bought it £35, not a big outlay. And went and got a few pods which we can get at the supermarket and it's a relatively good deal. When you compare it to uh, like granulated or ground coffee, it's not a good deal. When you compare it to Starbucks or Costa or you know, coffee shop coffee, it is a good deal. There's the pennies to the pound. So got a couple of different pods and put them in. And look, they're not as good as going to a coffee shop and spending £3.40 and having someone give it to you on a nice cup with a tiny biscuit. But I also don't have to go out. so. We've got a couple of those, and they're, they're really good. They're decent for the money you pay. And the Wii machine, the only problem I have with it is that it's not smart. So my Nescafe one has two settings, little cup and big cup. And I don't use little cup, so it has one setting. So it's put the pot in and press the big cup button, and then mm-hmm. it makes coffee. And if I want a double shot, I press the big cup twice. <laughs> it really doesn't get complicated. But it will time so I presume it's a timer, which means that it won't overflow your drink, whereas this one is just a lever. So there's a cold side where it won't heat the water and there's a warm side where it will. And so you just put it on and wait until it reaches the appropriate amount of milliliters for your your cup. But then these are getting into like two pods for one drink. Well, this is your milk sachet and your flavoring and this is your coffee pod. And you got to put this one at this much. And there's all these like levels, little, little um, pips or degrees, like put it to the setting three which if you have a more expensive machine, you put it to, to the setting three and then when you turn it on, it'll flick off after three. Whereas ours is like on forever until you turn it off. <laughs> you end up, the first one I made was like, that's really nice, but also homeopathic. It's mostly water. I think <laughs> I've overdone the measurements. So there was ah. like so much water. And so you make the actual drink and they're much, much, much smaller. But once you get that right. figured out, it's Learning fine. curves. Absolutely. It's a bit, a bit of fun, you know, dial in the machine. And I know that there's actual people who use actual coffee machines going, no, 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 no. But look, it's 35 quid. It's a bit of crack. So actually been drinking hot chocolate out of that now and again, which is really, really good. Um, better than, than sort of the mix the powder in and give it a swirl, uh, but not quite as good as the fancy stuff you get from a market, which is just melted chocolate. So it's a nice halfway house. Excellent. That sounds nice. Um, so, I've been drinking lots of espressos. Yes. Uh, lots of espressos. Uh, Margaret gets up at five. Um, 
Um, and I've, um, I've been as supportive as I can be. So getting up at five and um, I make her coffee for, for the day. She takes a flask mm -hmm. of, uh, at the moment, sort of espresso with ice. But I suspect that will change soon. <laughs> espresso um, without ice. Mm, yes, I think that will be the, the evolution. Uh, <laughs> at which point I will be making the argument that perhaps um, I, I don't necessarily need to, um, to be getting up at five. Because um, my, my drill is, I sort of do do things that I I consider to be helpful. Okay, there's your water, there's your coffee, you're fit, right, good. Uh, while she's doing whatever it she, is she does in the morning, I mean, she doesn't leave until sort of just before seven. So that's a, that's kind of two hour warm up time. Um, <laughs> and once I've done that, I'm I'm kind of at a loose end. So I I want to go and walk the dogs, but um, given that I don't have great night vision. Um, it's, it's still a bit dark. So I'm finding myself sitting around power drinking espresso for an hour. Um, <laughs> well, that one's finished. That tiny cup's done. I guess I'll have another tiny cup and wait for the yeah, next tiny that, cup. It, it kind of negates any possibility of, a, of an afternoon nap because I'm wired. Um, so, yeah, that, that may be changing. So lots of espresso, lots of water. And tonight, as a special event, I'm having a, I'm having a Cypress brandy because I was... I was I was doing the family tax returns uh, this afternoon, which Fun. can only be described as awful. I think they're awful everywhere. Um, I mean, maybe there are countries out there that, that, that do tax easily, but certainly the UK isn't one. Um, I think I may have mentioned this before, but one of the one of the best things about the UK tax return system is that you can um, you can complete your tax return online. Unless you're the sort of person that might need to complete it online. So for, for reasons that mystify me entirely, if you're expatriate, you can't do it online. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea. And mm. for the last two years where I've, I've forgotten that you can't do it online, um, they find me and I've sent them a letter saying, well, broadly saying, I say, chaps, really, come along. It's a bit silly, isn't it? Uh, and they've gone, yeah, you're right, and waved the fine. Uh, but this time I have remembered to do it manually. And to do it manually, you need to make sure that you've got all the right pages, which they never send you. Um, and, and guess where you get the pages? Post office or the bank or something? No, no, you go online and print them. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, the online thing that I can't use? Yeah, I go onto that and I, yeah. and I print. And then... You're looking at these sort of mystifying forms and they're like, oh, well, if you want to know how to fill this in, then check X12274, which you can find online. So I, I download the notes and then print them off from online. And you go through and you're there with a pencil in a hand, you're filling things. I mean, it is archaic is unfair. Dickens would have looked at this and gone, this is silly. <laughs> and, it's a bit old school. Yeah, exactly. It's just <laughs> nonsense. Um, and you know, there's, I think I counted on the one that I'm doing for Margaret. Um, I think there was like 190 boxes of oh, which wow. I, of which I needed to complete six. <laughs> it's not a great return. It's just like, Oh really? This is such nonsense. But, uh, there you go. I, I did most of it. So, uh, tomorrow morning when I'm feeling fresh, <laughs> I will, I will try and do the fair copies and, uh, you know not print because i have to write onto the forms and then post them um 
and I will be, uh, for the first time in a couple of years, I'll be on time. Uh, so that guarantees that I'm going to get something wrong and probably be sent <laughs> to prison for the rest of my life. Who knows? Uh, buying, you've kind of covered, haven't you? You've, you've done your buying. Um, well, we did We did buy something else. I bought an Alexis. I was going to say, any Apple buying? Any Apple buying? No, 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 sadly not. Happily not? I'm not sure why. I'm not sure if it's good or bad, but for my wallet, it's good. For my need to buy expensive things, it's bad. Um, haven't bought any Apple things. Did buy an electric stove, which is not something I would buy. I thought I would buy. But um, quick story, our fireplace when we moved in was an electric fireplace. So basically a, uh, an electric heater that looks like a fire with, mm-hmm. with a light in it. Uh, that some child had posted many, many, many small thin toys into, uh, creating what can only be described as a bonfire waiting to happen. Uh, so we didn't use that, and I, I swiftly recycled it, got rid of it. Um, but since then, our fireplace, which is a proper fireplace with a chimney, but is blocked up and has a plug at the back of it, mm-hmm. uh, we've just put logs in it. So we have some nice sort of logs that you'd have for a fire, and we stack them up inside, so it's a nice little decorative thing. But we've been talking about getting either the fireplace done or a stove put in or there's bioethanol stoves that you can get. I think we talked about. Um, and then we were in um, a shop and walked past and looked, oh, that's a that's a nice piece of, oh, it's electric. Oh, it's like 60 pounds. Would that fit out of cure? Because it doesn't look like the normal ones, the ones that you might like, the ones I would remember from like grandparents' houses or elder relatives, which looks like a, a rubbish plastic log that lights up orange and pretends to be warm. This looks like a little pot-bellied stove type thing. Okay. So think, all right, give this a go. Because we don't want something massively, massively warm. We have heating. We don't need to heat the house. It's the idea of like, oh, something that would be a little warm in the winter so that we could heat the living room where we're sitting rather than the house where we don't really care if it's hot or cold. And also it would be a nice cozy thing in the wintertime to have like that focal point. Like it, it, it has a wee bit of noise. It has a wee bit of heat and light and it's just nice and cozy in the winter so ordered that the other day it should arrive i think tomorrow maybe but uh it's a test it's an experiment to see if a it looks good b it works well and see whether we like it all oh, right well it sounds nice that's addition mm. to the to the room uh what about you? i haven't been buying anything no it's been no. very dull um yeah, right, buy the iPhone 13 go on Go on, do your oh, taxes well, and then buy the iPhone 13 if it works. Well, you know, that just opens up a whole new set of questions because the one yeah. that I'm really looking at, which will come into the topic, I suspect, mm. is that little iPad mini. Um, oh, the iPad mini rather than the iPhone? Yeah, the, the iPad yeah. mini with the Apple Pencil. I'm looking at that going, God, that's, that's like, a, that's like a, a, a newfangled notebooky thing. And you need you need thirty of them, and then a wire binding at the top, and then yeah. you can just flip through them. A little little wooden box to store them in and stuff. I mean, it'd be, it'd be great. <laughs> like, um, like those old, um, what do you call it? Not thesaurus. The old uh, Encyclopedia Britannica type thing. You can have all these iPads on a shelf. You know, ah, yes, is the A to C iPad, and this is J through K. Just have absolutely them all stacked. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the way forward. Uh, where was it? It was another podcast I was listening to. I think it was it was one of the David Sparks ones, so either Mac Power Users or um, uh, the Productivity one, Focus, mm. uh, where he's talking about how on Star Trek uh, they'd sort of foreseen the iPad and people were forever, you know, reading reports uh, on these on little pads, glass tablets. P-A-D-D. 
Yeah. Uh, but they, they sort of had one for each report. So you literally had a... It never occurred to anybody that you could have a million reports on this thing. Whoa, 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 whoa. This has pages? Plural? I'm not sure I understand, <laughs> sir. <laughs> um, which, yeah, just tickled me because I, I remember thinking, yeah, you, you know, you'd see... Um, see them put down one and pick up another. So I don't, uh, I've read the weapons report. Let me check the medical supplies. You know? Well, just uh, bin just... this, just fold it in half, <laughs> throw it in the bin. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm quite taken by that. And mm. the, the real thing that would sort of, I kind of would see a lot of the, the big phone functionality just moving to that for me. So yeah. it would be like, okay, I can have the little phone. Because if there's anything that's too big for the little phone, a that little iPad, <laughs> yeah, a I shouldn't be doing it while I'm sort of out and about, and b I, I can do it on the little iPad if I want, um, which is I mean, utterly ridiculous if you give it any thoughts. But from what what I remember, if I got a little phone and a little iPad, depending on the memory, it would probably cost a bit less than getting the Max Super Pro Go Faster Stripes thirteen aircraft carrier mm. thing whatever it is you know what i'm jazzed for actually i've just thought about it. there's a, a thing for the 12.9 ipad i think it's called a bridge with a y instead of an i and a bridge it's basically keyboard. like yeah yeah have you got one uh no but the um uh a lot of the the, the potterati do so um yeah Vitici and um yes mike hurley and stuff were, were big into their bridge uh, jason Stone. so i think that brought the tiny size to give you a tiny macbook how cool would that be for writing on? You just pull out this little teeny and just start typing letters and notes. That'd be so exciting. <laughs> I think. I think the the general thinking is that the key the keypad's a bit cramped, or would be for that that size. Um, and I think free write um, would probably throw themselves off the nearest bridge because that's their product. Um, have you seen seen free write? No. It's um, <laughs> it's a it's a little focused writing machine. So. Uh, it's, oh, it's yes, 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 yes. Um, it's yeah, a tiny, like a word digital keyboard or digital yeah. typewriter. Yeah, yeah. And um, whenever I've looked at it, I've just thought, well, I've I've got probably six iPads lying around that I could use to do that. I just need to turn off the internet. Oh, there we go. Problem solved. <laughs> um, but you know that's that's true of a million and one things. It's never stopped me buying things before. So yeah, I am quite tempted to say, okay. Um, you know, get the 13 iPad mini. Um, obviously, if I lived in a country with an Apple store, then I could, I could say, all right, well, I'll, I'll cash something in, you know, I'll, I'll uh, take back the, the big iPad, which doesn't really get used anymore. He says using it today, but um, <laughs> that, that is quite tempting. Or the, the alternative would be to go for the, you know, the, the i13, i13, what's an i13? The iPhone 13 Supermax big thing with, yeah. which somebody, somebody, I think it's Gruber has said, you know, the, the iPhone Pros are basically um, cameras with a phone attached, yeah. and the the thirteens are phones with cameras, uh, which I suppose is true enough. That's the really big difference between them all, isn't it? Is the uh, yeah, is the camera stuff, which as I, say, I don't even use the, the functionality of the ten, let alone the thirteen. But tell you what, if you want to, when you get yours, um, Belfast has an Apple Store. Fly over here. Well, get go and get dinner. You can go and pick up your new phone, your new iPad, and you can fly home. Do it in twenty four oh, hours. Don't be uh, ridiculous, Cosgrove. You're buying it 
You're, you're jumping in your car, driving down to Dublin for me. You're buying it in the Dublin <laughs> Apple Store, then nipping, <laughs> nipping down to the post office and slamming it in the post for me. Right, we'll meet uh, uh, St. James's Square. Is it St. James? St. James? What am I thinking of? The I shopping centre. St. Stephen's Green. That's what I'm thinking of. That's uh, St. Stephen's Green. Yeah, Nowhere near St. James, but yeah. <laughs> There's a saint <laughs> there. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, my Dublin geography isn't terribly good. Um, I haven't been there in ages, but yes. Uh, all right, okay. Fair enough. I- invite to Belfast spurned, but uh, we'll move past it. <laughs> Uh, Margaret was talking to somebody in her family earlier today. He said, going off on a tangent, uh, unusually. Um, and he was like, you know, so you, you think you're traveling? And Margaret went, no. <laughs> There's absolutely. absolutely no chance that Stuart and I will be traveling anywhere unless we have to. I thought, okay, well, there we are. There's, let, let me write that down. Uh, that appears <laughs> good, to be good my... Good to know what I think on the matter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Should anybody ask me, I now know what I believe. Um <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I think, darling, I'm just nipping over to uh, the UK to pick up some some Apple kit. No, no, I, I, I fear that may not go well for me. I mean, how long is the flight? You could just say, I'm going to Limassol for an extended work trip and I'll be back in a day or so. <laughs> uh, well, let's put it this way. I couldn't get there and back in the time that she was at school. Because believe me, I have thought about it. But even if I got the really <laughs> early flight, I wouldn't make it back. Um, and what would happen to the poor dogs, bless them. That's true. Ah, anyway, quotes. Give me a quote. Inspire me, TJ. Something <laughs> profound and deep. I don't think I can give you that. I can give you a Monty Python quote. I was looking up something today and, and fell across this quote again, and it's just wonderful. It makes me want to watch the movie again. So it's from the Holy Grail, Monty Python film. Listen. Strange women lying in ponds distributing swords is no basis for a system of government. Supreme executive power derives from a mandate from the masses, not from some farcical aquatic ceremony. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have to say, I read it and got the exact same reaction. I thought, oh, I must watch that movie again. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is the wonder of Monty Python. It was like, oh, yeah, that's actually brilliant. I better go and watch that. <laughs> and, I, I, and I think actually this is probably why you're leaving Twitter is is a, a very precipitate move because the best follow on Twitter that I have is John Cleese, um, <laughs> who uh, has has now got a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful sort of vinegary, grumpy old man side to him as well. And you, you pair that with his wit, and that, oh, there's some rapier-like stuff that comes out that literally has me howling with laughter. Um, seems to upset quite a lot of people as well, but there you go. That's uh, always been the case with Monty Python. All right, well, I went a bit classic. I went a bit American. So Mark Twain mm-hmm. uh, said, Total abstinence is so excellent a thing that it cannot be carried to too great an extent. In my passion for it, I even carry it so far as to totally abstain from total abstinence itself. <laughs> I like it. Uh, Mr. Twain, the classic. Right, parish notices? Uh, back to reading, which is nice. I'm reading a bit more at the minute. So finished that book, which was a good... I mean, I was only 20, 30% through it when I started it again. So good whack of a book there. Uh, and I'm back into reading pretty much every night. I find that every now and again I'll wake up early. If I wake up at, you know, half five or something, I have the Kindle with the light in it now. 
And so I'm like, you know what? I could get up and go make a coffee and sit and watch something on TV or go and write a note or something. I might just lie in bed, be really cozy and read for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing that and getting through, you know, percentages of books. So it's, it's great. I, I missed it. I forgot how much I missed it until I went back to it. So I'm enjoying that. And, uh, and I've been back in work a little bit more in terms of in person, which is nice. So I was in today and I was in on Monday. And it's strange, yeah, still strange, but it is nice. Um, again, it's the intangible. It's the, yes, I see people every day on, you know, Teams or Zoom, but I don't see people every day. And so getting out of the house and seeing people and actually having a conversation, be it, you know, 10 feet apart, but still a conversation, it, there's something revitalizing. And, you know, Meg's an introvert. I don't think it'd be, I think it'd be draining for her to have to go and speak to people for an extended length of time. You know, she'd do a full day and be like, oh, well, back to the dog. That's good. Come on, Blue, we're going to sit in the corner and just uh, eat a biscuit together. Whereas I, I, I do get like that, but it takes a little longer. So, you know, two to three days a week seeing people is, is right in the sweet spot of like, oh, yeah, Megan, isn't it brilliant? I get to go and chat to such and such today. And oh, I was just, oh, it just, I feel a wee bit more, a little bit more refreshed and a bit more energy because I get to speak to folks in person again, which is a really lovely thing. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I think I probably fall in the sort of the hybrid. Um, mm. I, I do enjoy that sort of focus time on my own and just get on with what I want to do. Um, but I do kind of miss that, um, you know, getting together and having a chat and yeah, um, that sort of engagement. Um, I, I do miss that. I I was writing the other day about um, I found myself sort of looking up uh, co-working spaces in Limassol. Mm, I read it. Um, I read the post. Yeah. I, th- I think for which I have absolutely no need, but um, I, I just <laughs> just found it quite amusing that it sort of I was drawn toward it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you you can get so far with telephones and Teams and all that sort of jazz, but uh, it's quite nice to be able to see people too. Um, what have I been doing? That well, oh yeah, the, the, we're trying to work out how COVID isolation works. Um. Nothing terribly sinister, <laughs> but um, Mrs. L teaches teaching assistant. Sorry, uh, in I think it's fourth year, which is nine year olds. Mm-hmm. Um, and yesterday, somebody in seventh year, which I believe is thirteen year olds. I don't know quite how that works out, but anyway, um, tested positive uh, on a rapid test for COVID. So that year is sent home. That's it. Go home, self-isolate. And, and Margaret, uh, over supper, came to me with a very reasonable question. She said, I happen to know that three of our class have siblings in seventh <laughs> year. Yeah. So what happens with them? To which I, I am, you know, in typical male fashion, I went, well, you see, this is how it works. Oh, I've got no idea, actually. Um, I've, <laughs> um, so we can't work out what the actual guidance in Cyprus is now. Um, and it would appear that nobody else in Cyprus can work it out either. So um, everybody just went to school again. Uh, so ah. so the, seventh, the seventh year stayed away. Uh, the, the other year have come in. Um, and... Uh, as Margaret points out, nine-year-olds, uh, whilst they understand the concept of social distancing, they're not terribly keen on it. Um, no. The, the theory, yes. The practice, no. 
yeah so uh yeah it's a it's a it, it's a new set of worries ones that we never knew we would have um trying to work it. i mean you know we've both been vaccinated twice so i'm not overly concerned i think it's inevitable that we will get covid at some point uh i'm hoping to get it when it's a mildly irritating cold that's that's the sort of time i'd like to build up my immunity thanks very much um which apparently is kind of now if you've been vaccinated uh, he said touching wood uh but yeah hmm it's not quite over yet is it no right well what's going to happen now is that we're going to get a professional to come on and talk while i go away and beat my phone to a bleeding pulp um after which um i will phone you back but for the listener it will all be seamless yeah and if you just leave yours recording uh then i will I can hear i can you know audio evidence of the machinery beat down you're about to initiate uh, there we go. You see, well, you you just carry on there. You you talk amongst yourselves. Pour yourself a drink if you like, uh, and I am going to disappear and then call you back. Gerald, take it away. This is the three pin plug. Hi, I've decided to mix it up a little. I'm feeling like exercising my creative license. How do you like my range of accents? The first pin is Stuart Lennon. You can buy his collection of reasonably priced notebooks and stationery supplies at nerosnotes.co.uk. You can read his writings on writing at stuartlennon.com. If you want to see photos of his dogs, Spice and Charlie, you can follow him on Instagram at stuart.lennon587. The second pin is TJ Cosgrove. He created wood and graphite, a collection of over 150 short films on pencils, paper and other collected analog ephemera. You can watch it on YouTube, by searching wood and graphite. If you like looking at photos of coffee, keyboards and a black Labrador called Blue, you can follow him on Instagram at team underscore Cosgrove. The third pin in the three pin plug is this show, 1857. You can support the show by leaving a review on iTunes, or the podcatcher of your choice, the efficacy of which is debatable, or by sharing with someone you think would enjoy it. Perhaps even nip over to nerosnote.co.uk and pick up a few lovely notebooks or fancy pencils, it all helps to cover the cost of hosting. The three-pin plug is brought to you by me, Gerald, a totally normal human being, Definitely real and corporeal, for sure. Thanks for listening. Back to the show. Gerald. Good Lord. What a professional he is. He's, he's even, while he was doing that, fixed my connectivity problem. Has he really? Well, that's the sort of service you get from Gerald. Technician, uh, entrepreneur, speaker, um, voice artist, just... Uh, just all round, whatever comes after quadruple threat. Multitude. Yeah, but I mean, he's also got all those little um, side hustles. And I mean, hustle quite literally. I mean, he's running a load <laughs> of scams, apparently. He's the voice of um, call scams, fortunately. <laughs> right. So, what are we talking about tonight, TJ? Well, I went and changed the show note name uh, midway through, not midway through recording, just before recording. And what was it before? The death of analog notes or something? Uh, and now it's 21st Century Digital Boy, which I think is a song by Bad Religion, uh, which is a good song if you've never heard it. Uh, 
But I thought of this show note, I thought of this, this sort of topic because I'm at a crossroads. I'm at a junction with journaling that is okay. causing me to think about how and why I'm doing it. And I wanted some advice. I wanted some experience uh, from the master uh, of changing everything two or three times a year and then going, you know what? Actually, it was grand where it was. So I want to try and figure out <laughs> what I want to do, what I can do, and inevitably what I will do. And I don't think either of those three things are the same. So the junction that I've come to, it was partly spurned by iOS 15 in that I mentioned it earlier, my shortcut that I use every night to write my digital journal, which is a text file with a date entry in it, stopped working. And that's not a massive inconvenience, right? I can still open the file. I can still write into it. But it is enough of an inconvenience to make it, eh, I don't want to, I need to, right, okay, this is now annoying and I need to think about how I'm going to do it. So the way that shortcut worked was I press the button, it's called BMOTD, be mindful of the day, and I hit the button and it goes, what did you do today? And I just enter a list of things I did. Very, very simple. Okay. Not much in terms of qualitative statements. It's kind of like, you know, up early, I uh, got the train to work, I uh, spoke to such and such, working on this. It's more of a record or a log of the day of kind of like, what did I actually do today? And that's useful for a number of reasons, but I just like having it. So I can go, oh yeah, that's when I watched that film, or that's when I went out with such and such for coffee, or that's the last time uh, we had that for dinner. You know, it, it's quite menial, it's quite sort of dull, but mm -hmm. it's a useful thing to have. and. In the beginning, I only started this, ooh, was it the start of the year? I can't remember. It's been a while. I've been doing it, I think, since maybe January or February. But I did it in the beginning because I was not writing my journal properly. So typically, I would have written my journal in the evening before bed and then gone to bed. And what I found was I was getting distracted or busy or lazy or all of the above and not writing it. And then I'd be like, well, I'll write it in the morning. I'll write it first thing in the morning for yesterday. And then I'd get up and do the same thing and be like, well, I'll write it tonight. And all of a sudden I have 10 days to catch up. And I'm like, I don't want to write 10 days. I don't want to write one day. And it frustrates me because I like my journal. I like that I've kept it this long. I want to keep keeping it. But it wasn't working within the, the current framework of how a day works. So I came up with this digital log as the crib notes. So the idea was at night, I'd fill this out. It would take maybe 30 seconds to go, okay, what was everything I can think of that's relevant I did today? And I won't be like, I had this for lunch. It was like, if I have a particularly nice lunch, oh, I went out with lunch uh, with a colleague for lunch and we had, you know, Mexican food. It was great. You put that down because it's worth noting. If I ate a sandwich that's the same as the sandwich I had before, I'm not going to, who cares? Uh, it was a log. It was kind mm -hmm. of the cliff notes. And then I would use those notes to write the journal longhand in pencil the next morning. And so that was the kind of the original idea of this. And it worked and I did that for, I don't know, maybe three or four months. And then I got lazy again and then I got distracted again. I got busy again and it ended up being, well, I'll just, I'll just write the log again in hand, you know, in, in pencil into the note of the, the, the page. So I'll just open the page to this thing. It's a pocket notebook. It's a moleskin. Open it up and I'll just write the log that I've just written digitally with pencil here, Grant. And then I got one further step lazier in that we got a little digital printer, a little tiny, it's like a receipt label printer and it prints on sticky paper. And it got to the stage where I think I had like 15 days backlog I hadn't written properly. 
And I was like, well, I don't want to. It's a lot of writing. Even at, you know, crib note log style, it's a lot of writing. And it just, uh. so, <laughs> and this is the, the this is like the, the complete ultimate lazy thing. I copied the list of log files from my, my so the dates, the 14 days, copied them from my data file, pasted them into the printer app and just printed them on sticky paper and cut them out and stuck them into the notebook as just digital copies of a, in an analog style. And that was kind of like, the, <laughs> okay, right. Is this actually what I want to write in my journal? Like the log was one thing. The the crib notes were another, and this is the it's like the denigration of analog journaling. It just the the down it's like the Roman Empire falling apart. It's just it's getting <laughs> less and less what I wanted it to be, and more and more bandages on nothing. The original thing, the ship of Theseus, <laughs> has fallen apart, and it just I was like, do I want my journal to be a list of things that I did, of vague note, not even consequence, but vague note. No. Should it be more qualitative of like, this is how I felt and this is what I did and this is my motivation? Like, should it be more lyrical, more sort of descriptive and flowery? Should it be more personal, personality laden? And I was like, well, I guess that's what I want from it. I think that's what the purpose of it is for me anyway, to express myself in it. And I'm not doing that. I'm just being like, today I, ha- I ate three times and also worked done it just it's it's a strange evolution that i've gotten to this point where the journal is now basically carbon copy literally carbon copy of the digital version and neither is very descriptive or journal like and this long rambling intro is my way of saying journaling is kind of the core of this for me and i find myself writing less and less because of everything and so I need to make a decision about what I want to write about, what I don't, and the the interface between the analog and the digital because it's changing and it's, it's changed a while ago and I haven't caught up. And I need your help to figure out what I should do. <laughs> but I mean, this is scary on so many levels. Um, <laughs> uh, again, just just peek, peeking behind the curtain, everybody. I record um, three podcasts on a Thursday. <laughs> So first of all, uh, I record my own posts from my blog for for my members, which is just me talking to a mic, so it's not really a podcast. Uh, Then I record Stationary Adjacent with Justin. And then uh, I record 1857 with TJ. And at the end of Stationary Adjacent, we we tease the topic for next week. (laughs) Um, It's our... It's our way of um, of making sure that we both know what's going on. And so uh, for next week, I don't have it in front of me, but broadly speaking, it's um, journaling. <laughs> Hippie nonsense or useful tools, so something a, along those lines. I'm a week early. I need to come back in a week. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think we just confirmed Cosgrove has got some sort of Trojan bug into one of my computers. Uh, it's probably broken my... <laughs> My Wi-Fi now. Yeah, I'm just turning it on and off. Um, I've got a big his, like, his... skeleton switch here. I'm just going chung, 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 chung. Just a You've got one of those stream decks, haven't you? <laughs> it's just a, a mess. You just press the buttons, buttons up and down. <laughs> um, so uh, that, that was the first thing that made me laugh. And the second thing that made me laugh is um, 
journaling has as many purposes as you want it to have. Mm. But I think when we've talked about it before, we have, have talked about how the, the sort of hybrid system is almost inevitably where we are all going to end up. Yeah. Because you cannot compete with digital when it comes to archive and backup and access. You, know, you can't compete with that. If you have a good digital version of your journal and you have a good backup routine, you will never lose it. Your house might blow up. Um, a meteor might hit the earth. The chances are there'll be a server somewhere that has a backup yeah. of your journal. Now, admittedly, you may have bigger concerns at that point. But that functionality is incredibly important. But it's not the reason that you or I journal. No. It's not the reason that most people journal. And um, apart from the odd episode where you and I dive into our pocket notebooks... Lots of our journals lay unread for years. Mm, and will. Um, and will, yeah. I don't think any of us has, has got a, a sort of right, make sure the grandchildren read these every night before they Publish go to bed. these 100 years after my passing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so there is, it has been, a link has been sort of established, but there is something about, having a writing instrument in your hand and moving that instrument across paper, mm. there's something that that does to the process that makes it different. Uh, it engages different parts of your brain, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, field notes, I'm not writing it to remember it later. I'm writing it to remember it now. Um, that's what journaling is about. It's not necessarily the result. It's the process. And that's why sometimes it does become a bit of a log, even if you don't have a machine prompting you the question. You do, <laughs> oh, well, I had so-and-so for lunch, or I met so-and-so. And I can see in my journals where, um, give you an example, Margaret has been teaching now for a whole ooh, two weeks. And part of the deal is, uh, well, it's not a deal, but I, I've taken over cooking. So we have our main meal uh, when Margaret comes home. So it's about three o'clock in the afternoon is our main meal, which kind of fits in because I'm fasting as well. So it's, it's all good. Um, and obviously I work from home and I'm, I'm in charge of my own schedule. So I can do that. And we found this recipe company that's bringing all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. Now, because I'm focusing on how a kitchen works again, because um, I'd kind of forgotten, I literally had to get the instruction manual out for the oven. Um, a lot of my journals are focused on you know what i cooked <laughs> and how it went yeah or didn't um and then if i go sort of further back um i find myself writing a lot of analog journals about um digital systems like obsidian which in itself is all a bit meta isn't it but um you know the stuff that's on your mind whether it be at the front of your mind or the back of your mind will come out when you journal i mm. think uh and I don't know about yours, but mine certainly go in. There are times I, I read it. I think, oh, that's quite poetic, Stuart. Good <laughs> Lord. Yeah. You should have a go at writing something a bit bigger. This, is, this isn't bad. Uh, and then other times, as you say, it's like I got up and it was hot. Which, <laughs> trust me, if you start doing the weather in Cyprus, it gets pretty repetitive oh my pretty quickly. Do you remember the, the school report that you would have done after you'd gone on like summer holidays and you came back and you're like, okay, today we're going to tell everybody, we're going to write down 
what we did on our summer holiday. I went oh, on yes. holiday and I went to the park and it was good. And I saw a dog and I had a nice time and I ate an ice cream. And that was my summer. And that's and that was TJ reading from my journal, yeah. 2012. <laughs> yeah. But it gets like that sometimes you're like, oh, even yeah. I hate this. And I'm the target market for this piece of writing I've made. And even I don't want to read it ever again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's, you know, it does happen. And uh, it's not, as, as, as I've said, it's not the result that, that's important. It's the process yeah. and yeah. what you're choosing to write. Um, I mean, I, I am a fan of, of sort of writing prompts. I think they're a good idea, uh, particularly if you're struggling at uh, any point, you know, the, the sort of, you know, morning questions or you know, there's, there's a million and one different ways of doing this. You can have uh, the Take Note podcast. Adam will send you a writing prompt. Mm. You, you can sign up for it and they'll and send you one. Um, and I think that is useful if if you struggle and if you do want to sort of, you know, go off and explore tangents, which, uh, as people will have noted, comes quite naturally to TJ. <laughs> um, but... There is something about that manual process of, you know, grabbing your, your, your favorite yeah. pencil and your favorite book, if it's a Moleskine or, or whatever, and just, and just seeing what happens. And some days it's two lines and some days it's 20. Um, and I, I just come to a, a similar sort of place in that I'm using a Hobonichi this year. So, you know, it's a, it's a planner. It has dates and, and all that stuff. Admittedly, it's very small. It's A6. Uh, and it's Tamoe River paper. If you're a fountain pen user, is good news. Um, but my life, oh, my morning routine has changed. So I don't have stationery upstairs anymore. Mm. Um, so that time when I'm up in the morning and I used to write my journal, I don't anymore. As I'm making coffee for Margaret and sort of getting ready and blah, blah, blah. And so I've come to a similar sort of TJ spot where I'm looking, oh, I haven't written anything in here for four days. Um, and so it's, it's a little bit sketchy and next year I'm not going to have a planner. I'm going to have a, an open format book. So a more TJ-esque, if you like, where, you know, Wednesday, no entry, Thursday, half a page, Friday, six pages, you know, just sort of let it be a bit more natural, but also the same thing as you try and find a place to put it in my day Yeah, that, that works. Um, because what's happening with me is by the time I get to the office, I'm, I'm kind of primed. I'm ready to go now. And, uh, those, those early hours are when I tend to be the most creative and most energized. And so I, I kind of want to get stuck into stuff. Um, and I don't really want to say, okay, just let me slow down and spend 30 minutes examining what I had for lunch yesterday. What it's is just not the right life? Time for How do I <laughs> feel about feelings? <laughs> mm, that type of stuff um so I, th- I think you're confusing the the f- sort of end result with the process am i am i confusing the verb with the nine <laughs> well you could be um <laughs> depends which verb and which noun um or a grunt i learned that word recently a gerund? Oh, gerund? A, a gerund? A gerund, yes. Well, that's because you youngsters, you see, you didn't have a classical education. Latin, old boy, gerund. I barely had a, an education. Never mind classical. <laughs> I, I come out with things occasionally, and Margaret looks at me. I, I don't know whether it's with admiration or just contempt. Both. 
I think equal measures. <laughs> it comes up comes up in sort of modern Greek. Oh yes, well that's a gerund. <laughs> and everybody looks mystified and I go, Oh right, okay, and take a note. Um and again on a tangent, Margaret has discovered young Stuart uh, is in Margaret's class, or Mrs. Margaret, as she's called at school. Um so there's this very strange boy. Right. He always got a notebook with him. <laughs> like, mm. Yes, tell me more. Excellent. <laughs> um, well, uh, my admiration for this boy is boundless. He was lying on his back in PE uh, with uh, his legs up in the air, sort of cycling. Yeah. Because that's the exercise that the PE teacher was demanding. With his notebook in hand, practicing his Roman numerals, which they'd just done in math. <laughs> That's multitasking. He's going somewhere. I say, add a boy. That's the boy for me. I'll, I'll hire him immediately. He'll know which iPhone to buy in about 10 years because they'll have gone back to Roman numerals for the, the V's and the confusing <laughs> X's. Uh, absolutely. That's how my sort of actually is like, he's so weird. Darling, <laughs> steady, steady. It's not weird. I mean, eccentric, possibly. Esoteric, interesting, overstating compelling. It. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. That, he could be the next Shakespeare. <laughs> which again <laughs> God, i'm full of tangents today i got into a golf buggy the other day i'm um, playing with uh, a gentleman called jordi who's from uh catalonia so he's not spanish he's a catalan there you go that's where he sits on that particular question and um i uh, we move in similar golfing circles so we both play off the same handicap both left-handed so we, we, we tend to end up playing each other quite a lot and we just go around having a friendly game. And he looked at me and he said, well, you know, I've, I've been doing some research. And yeah, Shakespeare definitely wasn't Shakespeare. <laughs> so you can imagine my surprise as I was considering whether to hit a 7-9 or a 6-9. I said, I'm sorry. He said, I, uh, Shakespeare. I don't, I don't think Shakespeare is Shakespeare. I said, right. And so who do you think is Shakespeare? He said, well, there's some fascinating research. Uh, it's a chap who's looked at how many vowels and consonants are used and word formations and and, and turned it into numbers. And actually, it, it's like a signature. Everybody is unique. You take this data and it turns into a signature. It, it's as good as a fingerprint. <laughs> okay, yeah, right. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm with you so far. So Shakespeare is Christopher Marlowe. Right. Okay, well, I, I, I could see that. I mean, Christopher Marlowe wrote very well. Um, probably had quite a lot to say. And, um, and I mean, A, he looked at me and went, you've heard of Christopher Marlowe? And I said, well, yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't tell you much of what he's written, but, you know, I, I'm aware of the concept of Christopher Marlowe, yes. And it's the bizarrest conversation I've ever had in my life. I'm driving around a golf course in Cyprus with a Catalan who's explaining to me that William Shakespeare is in fact a sort of political cover for Christopher Marlowe who wanted to be satirical and um, take jibes at society generally but didn't want it to be attributed to him. I thought well, I've, I've got to write that in my journal. I mean, that's the sort of stuff you want to. <laughs> that's put in your journal, journal worthy. To. Yeah, that, that those are the conversations that you want to remember you had. I just, for me, I think I'm getting to the place where I'm realizing that these are two separate things. 
And yep. I, I like I like information. I like having information, especially about my own life. And being able to record stuff is fascinating. And I find out didn't find out, that's the wrong term. I discovered that's the same thing, TK. I realized kind of the same, just sort of adjacent. Never mind, moving onwards. I was looking at um my exercise and I've been doing a lot of running, obviously, and I was able to look back on my runs mm-hmm. and look back on my walks with the dog and things like that. I was like, okay, I have a food tracker that I track what I eat every day. I have the exercise app, which tracks how I exercise every day. And I write a log of everything I do every day. If those could be combined into some sort of like super log, that would be a really mm-hmm. interesting way to look back at days, as long with all the photographs I took that day or all the places I went geotagged. It was like, there's an interesting compilation of data. Now, People get scared when you talk about pulling all that data together. I don't want to make it public. I don't want to put it on social media. I'm just interested in like, if I could somehow put all that in a big pool and go, oh, go back to 2017, October the 4th. What was I doing? Where was I? And be able to look in with the depth of like, oh yeah, I had that for lunch. And yeah, I spoke to that person. Yeah, we took a run in the afternoon. And all those things come together. I think it'd be really interesting. It'd be a really good, interesting way to look at things. And as I say, that podcasting mode has switched off from all of my devices simultaneously <laughs> uh, because we've reached eight o'clock, which is normally our cutoff, but because we started late. Uh, uh, oh, there yeah. you are. Oh, no, that's it. But, uh, the phones are going to ring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the day one app gets very close to what you're talking about. Um, I mean, I haven't looked at day one in probably a couple of years. Mm. But um, it certainly can get all the health data. Oh, okay. Um, and increasingly with, you know, um, automation on the Mac or, or shortcuts on iOS, I'm certain that you could, you could get a whole load of stuff in there for, for a very reasonable annual fee, I'm sure. Um, and, it, you know, I mean, day one is a great app. Um, I remember when I was using it for a while, um, the ability just to, to bring your photos in so um, I remember I started using day one when I was on a business trip to the States. Um, and we were, in, uh, we were in Minnesota and then we were in Texas and, and just taking photos and having them sort of just feed into the journal entry. Mm. It, it just brought the whole process alive. It was like, oh, wow, this is really, really cool. And I was for a long time seduced by 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 day one and the only thing that was lacking was that thing that that i started talking about a minute ago with that whole connection yeah um between writing it down and and sort of thinking it through and uh dare i say it you know day one on an ipad mini with an apple pencil (laughs) Mm, could that work and you flick a photo in here and put your health data in there and um also obsidian i think could probably do most oh, yeah. of what you and i've tried i mean I, I have for. started experimenting yeah. with obsidian for this and that's kind mm. of spurned spurred spurned made me think about um how and why i could do this and i think for yeah. me it's becoming more and more the the factual feeling divide so there's a there's a bunch of data or data about what i did and what i ate and where mm-hmm. i was and then there's a lot of so it's the qualitative quantitative thing. There's a lot of yep. stuff that I want to record but for, for informational purposes. And then there's a lot of stuff that I'm thinking that would be handy to have. What did I feel? Like, how did that make me feel? What did I consider then? Because 
it's very easy to be like, oh yeah, I I I did these things that day. Yeah, but but were you were you happy? Were you anxious? I don't know, but I had pizza for dinner. Like that that's not really the deep dive into the your mental psyche that we were hoping for. And I think the purpose for me of writing this stuff is because I want to be able to look back, because I want potentially my you know, kids someday maybe to be able to look back and, and find, okay, yeah, that, that explains more about who I was and what I thought. And I think that's really interesting for me anyway. And having the data, the hard, like he ran 1.4 mile. It, imagine if, if it was your eulogy delivered with just the log stuff that I'm saving. It's like, uh, yes, this is TJ. He ate bran flakes for breakfast. Uh, he walked 1.3 miles at lunchtime and he watched Rush R2. That's the kind of man he was. You're like, <laughs> it's not quite the the sort of gripping eulogy you'd hope for. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the promise of our new personal data machines mm. is that all of that uh, quantitative data is all there and increasingly we're being given the mechanisms to bring it all together. Mm. So you can have your photos, your health data. Um, if you're doing something, I mean, what do I do? Uh, calm the meditation mm. thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I, do, I do a mood check-in. Boom. How am I feeling? Um, on the fasting app that I use, I do a mood check-in. How am I feeling? Um, and those, you know, can all get brought into, you know, some huge, I don't know, Airtable or Notion database or something. I, heaven knows what. Um, and you could track what you want and graph what you want and, and see how, you know, variable X compares with variable Y and, you know, all of those things. And as you say, it will still lack something mm. because at some point you have to get some human input. And it may be that you would, you know, just dictate. You can do that into day one or one of a million other journal yeah. apps and just talk about how you feel. Um, but I think there's still, for me, there's that, okay. Tangible. Yeah, that blank page, me, yeah. pen, pencil, whatever. There's something that, that triggers. Uh, and perhaps it's just about letting go of expectations. And, I think that's it. That's you know, what I was thinking not, myself. You're not going to write the next, um, you know, you know, a haiku off the top of your head that sums up the human condition in COVID times. You know, it, it's just a case of God. Yeah, today was crap. <laughs> okay, fine. If it was crap, it was crap. Um, and it might be the next day that you go, "Why did I think it was crap?" Well, yeah. this happened and that happened, but actually, you know, with perspective, and maybe that's when it'll explore. But um, I think it takes an enormous amount of discipline to write something really meaningful daily yeah um, i certainly know that i don't <laughs> you know a lot of them i look back and go yeah nothing 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 oh there's something yeah um i think for me it's but that, there is also that 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 kind of like obligation of of having to write something then becomes a weight mm. that stops me from writing anything useful or anything i'd actually want to read back and so for maybe the last six or yeah. seven months it's become like the autonomic function of like record what I did done. I have now recorded it. Whereas really I don't care what I did. I care about how I felt when I did it. So yeah. detaching those two things and having like, yes, maybe I'll keep a, a digital journal, a log of sorts that records all that data. There's information that is 
of note. And then I have a journal, which is a, you know, a single pocket notebook size page where I go, yeah, I woke up feeling pretty good today. I uh, spoke to such and such and we had a great conversation about this and uh, reminded me that I should really watch that film again. I want to watch the, the Monty Python film. Yeah, that's good. And yeah, and, and Meg and I talked about uh, going here on holiday sometime and, you know, the, the stuff that actually emotionally mattered that had weight and meaning and maybe it's mundane maybe it's silly maybe it doesn't matter but it's surely more useful to write it down without expectation of just like maybe i'm going to write two lines today or maybe i'm going to fill an entire page but otherwise i'm still going to do something that's meaningful versus a shopping list of things i managed to do yeah and i think you can you can set yourself up prompts that by definition you probably need to change but yeah um you know uh, if if your starting point is I'm going to write the best or the worst thing of the day, yes, then I- inevitably you have to write something subjective there. And um, given given the way that we podcast, if it's the worst thing, there's probably at least an hour's writing. <laughs> um, in, I just love the, the questions get more and more esoteric. Like if today was an animal from a farmyard, what would it be and why? <laughs> Yeah, uh, there is a danger of that too. And the Hobonichi does that. Um, um, the Hobonichi on every page has has a little sort of pearl of wisdom, um, almost <laughs> invariably from someone Japanese. Yeah. Um, oh, so here we go. I'm, I'm just trying to get some reasonable light. So this is the 27th of July. When I meet a friend after a long absence... I want to be someone who is always ready to say from the heart, I want to do such and such. (laughs) I'd much rather spend time talking about what we want to do than spend it criticizing things. There you go. That's um, what the uh, CEO of Hobonichi Co. wrote uh, in his, his book, Today's Darling. Huh. And sometimes I read this stuff and I go, what? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not sure, sure it inspires me. And like you, I've, I've got to the point where sometimes I'll come down and I'll open the Hobonichi on a Monday. And go, oh, I didn't write anything last yeah. week. <gasps> oh, dear. And uh, obviously for me, it's easier because I just get out a big double broad nib. And get I write your name and you fill the page. page. Yeah, that's it. It's done. Um, but yeah, the idea of sort of abandoning this book now because I'm finding this sort of daily journaling less what I want to do. I can't do it because it's it's the end of September and I'm thinking, no, I'll just do a couple more months. Yeah, and then Take it'll, it'll be done and be finished. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think for me anyway, it's going to be more about um, open journaling. Yeah. And I, I sort of think of the the of the, the Cosgrove Moleskin archive and think, yeah, that's the way to do it. They'll take different shapes and they'll be different from one year to the next, but there's this sort of overriding concept mm. that they just sort of hang together. Hmm. So I, I look at your system that you're considering abandoning with, with a degree of envy. No, I, I, I think I want to keep the system. The system I like, it's the, the content for the system that I'm considering changing because mm-hmm. I feel like I've surreptitiously replaced what was quite qualitative with very, very quantitative. 
And then I'm like, oh, this kind of sucks. Oh, wait, that's my fault, because I'm the only person doing this. <laughs> yeah, but you, you'll be able to log that back and go, and, you know, funnily enough, I just started uh, a second degree in, uh, uh, what was it now? Oh, programming. <laughs> it's inevitable. You're, you're, you're shifting your mind to think in that mode. Mm. Um, and... Uh, you know, I dare say without, without saying anything pejorative, I don't mean it to be pejorative, but I dare say there are things going on in your subconscious dreams that are going on that are data driven. <laughs> <laughs> How can I manipulate this data to get that result? Oh, look, that'll be so exciting. And yeah, Obsidian came along at a very dangerous time. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> exactly. I could turn my brain into the matrix. Let's give that a go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think um obsidian and that and and it's it's ilk uh is exciting mm. I, I don't think it's as new as many people would suggest but it, it is provoking people to think more critically and um you know link link your thinking in inverted commas um to to express opinion to try and develop individual thought you know very actively and mm. pro- progressively rather than um how how I was taking notes, I think, where I was all a bit sort of passive and responsive, and um, I, I think it's a great a great thing that's happening. This whole PKM thing, mm. um, but inevitably it does it does you know make you look at um, how to automate this and automate that, and uh, so it is the promise of the technology that we have is that all of this data can be brought together in some sort of meaningful way yeah. that we can then access and use. Uh, as as we desire and unfortunately other people can access and use and sell us more expensive insurance or whatever it is they're going to do you give me a lot to think about i'm going to go check lots of different journaling apps now to see how many integrations i can get and also where my data is stored and also how i can do it myself and obsidian yeah i mean i i know for a fact that day one is is um uh encrypted so there's a certain amount of data security there, but it is proprietary. So, yeah, um, you, you know, you're in a walled garden to a certain extent. But then, you know, it's it, you can also export text from it from memory. So, yeah. The thing is about walled gardens, yeah. they tend to be very pretty. <laughs> they tend to be nice and work. So well, that that's the other thing I would say about day one is it, <laughs> you look at it, you think, oh yeah, I could use this. <laughs> I, could, I could definitely use. This. Oh wait, I don't have uh, to because, jerry rig. 14,000 things to make one thing that works. And every time the iOS updates one level, everything falls apart. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that was the other thing I was going to say about shortcuts and stuff is just do all this in Obsidian without shortcuts because no. um, <laughs> Apple don't break Obsidian. Well, not yet. Uh, the, the, the sort of the waterfall of chaos that has happened because I merrily updated to iOS 15 um, and then everything I'd been doing automatedly become very manual and it was like oh right i broke this okay how do i actually and then you, well, then you get back into that you read the code and you're like what am i not doing now that this was doing for me well mo- most of the slack you know vanessa and, uh, and i are sitting here going well that's why we didn't automate we, we knew it was all nonsense <laughs> you know i'll spend um, twice as much time debugging the automations as i saved using yeah. the automation and then i'll have to redo it to use it again so it's a, it's a never-ending sort of self-flagellating story <laughs> well it's, it's like home kids really isn't it 
It's, you know, I've got all of this stuff to make everything so much easier. I've got light scenes. I've yeah. got all of that stuff. And then none of it works. I do um, love that think, whenever we're lying in bed and I hit the button that I've set up, the shortcut button to turn off all the lights in the bedroom and all but one of the lights turn off. And Meg kind of looks at me and I get her and I'm like, just wait, it'll, maybe it'll, and then I just rapidly click the button a few more times and then it does something like, yep, see, seamless, perfect, just as we want. <laughs> well, uh, Merlin Mann talks very, very well about it, um, where, because he's he's got a lot of this automation in place, mm. uh, but he has... He has one of those weird things called a family, uh, and in his case, a teenager. <laughs> what do you mean so, you turn the light switch off? <laughs> well, that's the thing. He's he's got um, those those really funky switches uh, in play, so that um, as well as all the great stuff that you can have running from your iOS devices and your home hubs and all of that, you've got sort of teenager-proof stuff. So you can say, look, see that switch there? Hit that, the lights go off. But these are smart switches. Now, whenever you hear the word smart, run, <laughs> run, run far and run fast. So he says, uh, it, it's, like, it's like a New York minute, the, the time between a teenager discovering that hitting the switch doesn't turn their lights off when they want to go to bed and your name being called at 100 million decibels. <laughs> Dad! Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I've just, having just spent, 25 minutes with Margaret and a couple of remote controls. I'm just thinking, oh, wow. Can you imagine home automation? <laughs> just just press this button and the lights go off. Or maybe not. Um, oh, e, mm. And it's, it's just, the promise is so nice. It's so wonderful. It just doesn't work yet. <laughs> I suspect we could fill a season with uh, home automation failures. Well, that's the thing is that every time I'm thinking, you know what, maybe it's time to look now because, you know, HomeKit's getting better. There's mm. more things compatible than somebody else that I admire in, in the podcasting world. <laughs> no, no, we'll no, just no, do no, a quick no, sort of 15, no. yeah, 15 minute tangent on, on the problems they're having with home automation. So, you know, I mean, Max Barkey <laughs> has been automating his house now weekly for six years to my certain knowledge <laughs> now given that he lives in california his house can only be the size of a large shoebox um which tells me that nothing is working yeah and he's just going around and fixing it all again ah uh, and he's smart i mean me oh my god can you imagine what I'm so yeah i i i know what you're saying with journaling and i think the the way that our digital stuff is taking us where we're becoming so much more aware of the power of data mm. um and, and what it what it means and what it can show us you know if you look at all your watch sensors yeah and the trends and, like my my yeah. resting heart rate has dropped i think it's 15 beats per minute in the last three months oh, that's amazing isn't it and i wouldn't know that I would just be like, I feel a little better. But having the, the information to be able to look at it and go, no, actually, the graph shows this. I can look at it weekly for nine weeks, 12 weeks, and say definitively this is what has happened. That's the value of it. But again, sure, that doesn't tell you how I felt when I ran my first 5K. <laughs> it's just like, yes, he did. Tick. <laughs> there's, no, there's no feeling. And I think that's that's the bit that I'm missing, and that's the bit I want to try and get more of. 
Yeah, and I think the the key is is probably in maintaining that difference and just not looking to to tie to data points, mm. but just to sort of let it flow. And you know, I'm feeling good, and this was great today. It was fantastic, and blah blah blah. And then maybe one would hope, looking back with the data in one hand and the feeling in the other, go ah. Do you know what? <laughs> trans. You trans, can see trans, trans. there's a bit of, yeah, <laughs> a, bit of a link uh, being established here. Whereas there's a danger otherwise of going, um, you know, I went for a run today and so running makes me feel good. So uh, yeah, the, the run was fantastic. Um, because otherwise it becomes all a bit sort of, you know, confirmation bias. <laughs> you, you need to use that journal. I think one needs to use that journal to discover what you think mm. i'm not sure you're recording what you think i think you discover it you're kind of asking the question with the pencil i'm going oh actually as i write it yeah no this did annoy me a lot or no actually i'm i'm really happy with how that came about you know i think that really crystallizes when you have to externalize it and it can happen when you're say chatting with a friend or a spouse or a loved yep. one but it can also happen with a notebook and you're like, I have to write down how I feel about this. And until now, I was just nebulously mad. But now I'm furious in writing. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's a, there's a couple of things like that have happened in my week. And um, as I say, I now have this system where, you know, Justin gets it, you get it. <laughs> just out of the system. And then if it's still there, okay, I'm going to write a blog post. Um, maybe, maybe that's why my journaling is suffering. I'm expressing it all to, to You're to coming podcast, to the pub of podcast and just uh, having yeah. a few. <laughs> just let it rip. <laughs> well, I've no idea whether that's helped you at all, 21st century digital boy. I, I think it has. I think it's a journey I need to take on my own, Stuart. But you've helped me along the way. Oh, it's a journey. Oh, I do <laughs> the real, the real, The real prize, Stu was the friends we made along the way. Oh, there, are, there are no strangers here. Only friends, not yet met. There you go. <laughs> uh, on every Irish pub outside of Ireland. <laughs> I've been Stu Lennon. And I've been TJ Cosgrove. Remember to make the past, the present, in the future. Whether it's on a notebook or in an app. This was 1857. And naturally, of course, the phone takes an age to reboot. But it means that I can talk absentmindedly to the microphone. Normally, at this point, I would nip off and get myself another brandy, but I'm a little bit concerned about this phone, so I'm going to stay with it. Right. There we go. So it's gone directly back to 4G. Could this be something to do with focus mode, we ask? Could it? No, shouldn't be, surely. Okay, so now it is connecting to the network. Ladies and gentlemen, we have network. Oh, no internet connection. Well, there is. There's internet connection everywhere. Mm. Okay, so now it's saying it's connected. We close that. And go to signal. Bum, 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 bum. And we're going to go here. And then we're going to go boom. <laughs>